everyone. Um, this is Monica Michelle with Explicitly Sick for Invisible Not Broken. And today I'm interviewing Allison Alexander. And she's the writer of Super Sick, Making Peace and Chronic Illness, which is an amazing book about her and others' chronic illness journey and disability journey, um, along with uh, a lot of pop culture, Doctor Who, um, lots of nerdiness. So you can understand why I jumped on this interview um we did have a tremendous amount of technical difficulties we are um, recording during covid and zoom suddenly became an essential service so we did our best it is um, a fairly long form interview uh, i might break it up we'll see how much energy i have today and um i really hope you listen i think it's really a great episode we talk about um her dealing with her ibs uh, lots of nerdiness. We talk about the choice on children. Um, we talk about how important uh, representation is in pop culture and a lot about superheroes. And um, of course, we had to throw in some Daleks and Cybermen if we're going to talk about disability and um, uh, mental health in, uh, in geekdom. Um, I hope you enjoy this. Please, please uh, take a look at our show notes. That's at invisiblenotbroken.com and you will find all of the links for Allison. Um, her blog is amazing. One of my favorite posts of hers was about how to write an effective villain and what to do and what not to do with a villain who has disabilities or um, chronic issues. And if you're taking part in NaNoWriMo camp or NaNoWriMo, depending on when you're listening to this, this is definitely something to go and take a look at. Um, even someone with disabilities if you don't have that disability or that mental health issue, it would be really important to take a look at this and make sure that you get your character right. It'll make for much better writing and also much better viewing and reading. I think as we start to understand these issues, we'll get uh, more complicated and interesting characters. So please enjoy. Please head over to invisiblenotbroken.com and go to our show notes and read through Allison's blog. It's amazing. It's super fun. Her writing style is very, very entertaining and good. And um, also, please uh, buy her book, and uh, we are self-funded, so if you head over to Patreon, if you can, and you find value, please uh, consider becoming a patron. Um, if that is not your jam, but you're getting value and you'd like to help out in other ways, share the episode. All right, thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Um, be kind, be gentle, be about I've been really looking forward to this. I, I even like wore my Wonder Woman t-shirt. I'm sure you can't see it. Ooh, but nice. I love it. I think I'm wearing a Studio Ghibli. Yay! I love it. <laughs> Allison, I, I actually poached you from my um, co-host. She usually does the, um, anyone who's not just the regular interview, but you mentioned geeky and nerdy and mm -hmm. I, I stole you. Oh, yay. Well, I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> I'm so glad. I um, did a deep dive into your blog this whole weekend. Um, oh, that's awesome. So I've been like, I have like, a, I have a page of notes. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm excited. So I, I, I will try not to annoy you too much, but um, I, I really want to talk about the villains blog post you wrote. Okay. But I thought we'd start with um, being a sick kid mm -hmm. because I think that kind of shapes shapes us when we're sick as kids. So if you yeah. can start with that, um, I think you said you were eight when it all started. I actually don't remember not being sick, so it's kind of like a guess that it was around eight that's um, fair <laughs> yeah so like I that's this is all I've ever known really I'm sure there was a time when I wasn't but uh, yeah so how did that present um like what was the illness like what started 
Um, it's just, I have, so I have severe IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, so I would just get random attacks of pain. And for a kid, I feel like that was a lot to handle. But it was just kind of everything. It was just what I knew. So I, I don't think I realized it wasn't normal until a little bit later when, like, all the kids I was friends with didn't have that. I was like, oh, this is something I'm dealing with on my own. And I don't really, like, my mom also had IBS, so I had her. She was kind of my support system for it. And otherwise, I didn't have anyone else I knew who experienced this kind of thing. Like, even a different kind of illness, you know. Um, I think it's a little bit rare for a kid just to go through that. It's so weird because you're trying to figure out what it means to, like, the Emily Dickinson, like, be in the body. And, like, yeah. you're trying to figure out what this whole avatar thing is. And when <laughs> no one else's avatar is lining up with yours, it can get a little lonely. Yeah, it was lonely. And I also, I I was never told this I just decided that it was something that I had to hide from people because it didn't seem normal so I was just like oh this is something that is and also IBS is kind of like a socially inappropriate illness you know <laughs> it's it's to do with bowels and bathrooms and and kind of uh especially for when you get into teenager it's kind of embarrassing Oh, we've, and, we've definitely talked about this on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's I... It's like pretty disorders where people, like, start marches and feel sorry for you and, like, yeah. you can make a Victorian with it. It's... I know. There, there are, yeah, a lot of my illnesses are, like, inappropriate like that. So I've just had to be like, okay, this is, this is fine. Other people have this, and maybe it's good that I am talking about it candidly, so... You know, I can't tell you how good it is. We've had um, people who have had IBS be on the show and talk about like mm -hmm. having to almost have accidents in like places. And we've get a whole bunch of fan yeah. mail about people going, thank you for making that less embarrassing. Yes. At least everyone's talking about appreciated. So yes, thank you for, amazing. especially for your book. I got to read a few chapters and I was head over heels. I can't wait till it comes out. So I can read oh, the whole yay. thing. Oh, you talked about your, um, your really fierce mom and mm -hmm kind of wanted to start with that. I'm sorry, Siri is um, very active today. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> super quiet. I thought I had turned her off, but... I didn't hear anything, so... Oh, good. Well, we Siri in a drawer for a minute, okay. as I guess we should all do. Um, yeah. But you talked about saying, you know, about you being quiet about things and trying to, um, I guess, pass is the word that I'm coming up with in my uh, little adult brain this morning, but mm -hmm. pass as healthy for other people. Did you ever read Guts? Yes, actually, I just, uh, a few weeks ago, before, well, maybe a month ago, before COVID happened, <laughs> I got it from the library. We're going to call like, it BC from now on. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, and I loved it. I was like, there's a book about IBS, what? It was amazing. And it was a comic, like, that, that made my nerdy heart very happy. <laughs> Everything about that writer I love, and I was so excited to see that book. Um, yeah. But I'm, <laughs> I'm very good at getting off track, so always before, like, <laughs> you can rein me in at any time. Um, sure. But you had talked about how you had been hiding things for so long, but um, no one noticed that you were in so much pain, you ended up having an appendix burst. And oh, yeah. Uh, I was 10 or 11, and um, 
well, what really happened is my parents had been away for a while on vacation and I'd been staying with my cousins and my cousin had got this really, really bad flu. And so, um, and his parents thought it was appendicitis and then they brought him to the hospital and it wasn't, it was just a bad flu. And so my poor parents, I can't blame them for not taking me to the hospital because they're like, oh, she just caught what yeah. her cousin had. It's fine, you know? And then at one point I was so sick. And then at one point I started just shaking and like couldn't stop. And that's when they brought me to the hospital. That's probably when it, I don't know. I don't know. It's probably when it ruptured. And uh, so they had to operate after the appendix had ruptured, which isn't ideal for appendicitis. No. Um, that's no, very dangerous. Before, before yeah. all floating around. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up being in the hospital for about a month after that due to complications, which was terrible for a 11 year old kid. It was not fun. That is horrifying. Yeah. And and one of my doctors has been very suspicious that that made all my bowel issues worse because you yeah, you know, you had poison all over your bowel and then you have to have it like all uh it was all cleaned with antibiotics or whatever, so my natural flora was all wiped clean and everything. So yeah, anyone who's had major antibiotics and you yeah. do not get the note to make sure your gut flora comes back, that leads yeah. to um, a mess. Yeah, yeah, there's a, a fair bit of research that gut flora and IBS are kind of interlinked, so. That's fascinating. I've heard about the fecal transplants as being mm -hmm. a, a new thing. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about that too. I've never, I haven't had that done. Like, I think when my doctor talked to me about it, she was like you You usually do it with like a family member and most of my family members are like also not healthy <laughs> like, it's not going to so, help <laughs> so I'm like I don't know if that would do anything <laughs> so. that's uh that's crazy there's been so much new research done in like the gut biome and how it affects even like our moods and our yeah. health and, yeah it's all connected Okay, so in a weird twist of fate, right before we um, went on, I was reading on Board Panda because that's like my site to go to in the mornings before sure. I like even look at the news. But it was the whole thing of like celebrities screwing up and um, <laughs> entertainment. Uh -huh. and they had a thing on Gal Gadot um, who played Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. And when Stephen Hawkins died, she had posted something that was well meant, but ill-intentioned. Um, congratulations on your freedom, basically, from your body. And Okay. Yeah, I got into a little bit of a, a disagreement with some people who felt that was a little snowflakey of um, people to call that ableist. And I went back to like your blog posts about how um, the representation for disability is mm -hmm. is uh, <laughs> complicated. Let's put it as complicated. <laughs> it's not great. It's been done very badly in the past. Yeah, and when Stephen Hawkins died, I felt like that was a really big moment where it really showed just how much like people felt like it was almost better to die than to be sick. Yeah, that's that's one of the problems. Um, another one is, uh, well, I so I did a blog post about villains in particular, and then I've done, I have a, also a, just in general things to avoid when you have just characters in general. Uh, villains especially is like making physical deformities 
in your villain just so that they look scarier, mm. uh, which isn't super great because then people who do have those deformities are like, well, I'm not a villain. I'm not, you know, um, connecting that disability with the villain's evilness is also a big one. Like, oh, they're, they're, e they're disabled because they're evil is also another one. Like, it's a consequence of their evilness. And that's also problematic <laughs> such a good part about the blog of and i'm forgetting which character it was so please forgive me um but uh the one who was in chronic pain who was like willing to like destroy the world to find a cure for chronic pain for her uh, particular chronic oh, pain. oh yeah that was um ghost from ant-man yeah, yeah that's not what i'm familiar with i, I yeah yeah, fall more on the fantasy side of, of the sure. but um, yeah, Doctor yeah, Who can go on for hours. Oh, but. Man, Doctor Who is so good. <laughs> yes, we can totally go there. Yeah. <laughs> but superheroes, I more just watch the movies once in a while, and um, yeah. comic books, I'm more of a Neil Gaiman freak. Um, nice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but it just, it so seems like no one talked to anyone who's in chronic pain who decided that someone would, I, I don't know anyone in chronic pain who would injure yeah. to just I mean, help themselves i i understand why writers do that it's like oh this is like a great motivation for this character they're in so much pain that they'll do this thing but it's just it's been done so much for villains and it's just overdone at this point and it's it's just problematic the way that like people in chronic pain for one thing we're not we probably don't have the energy to do all this villainous stuff. Like most of us are just trying to get through the day. <laughs> so like when you're not sure you can finish brushing your teeth, you're probably yeah. taking over the world. So when the, yeah. So when there's this villain who's like in so much chronic pain and like, you know, kicking people over and running around doing stuff. I'm just like, really? I don't think... But I mean, I like that there are characters with chronic pain and that writers are trying to include them. So like, I, I applaud their effort. <laughs> You're much kinder than I am. <laughs> but there are better ways to do this, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually came up with a checklist for myself that you can access if you subscribe to my newsletter, just to go through things when I see um, fictional characters with disabilities just to check like whether they're being done okay or not. We need a Bechdel test for disability. Yeah. Like <laughs> that that would be nice. I like the Bechdel test for for the the reason it was invented, but yeah. I think we need one for disability too. Yeah. Or more disabled, right? Or you know what you put in your um your blog posts are fantastic for writers and aspiring aspiring writers, especially Camp Anorimo right now. Mm, um you. But it's a great checklist of like how to really think through disability, like um, the wild idea of ask someone who's disabled. Mm -hmm. I know. Talking. Like, <laughs> how do you not think about that one? <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems like a big moment. Like, and I'm really glad to see um, NaNoWriMo's really good at having the forums. So I've seen a lot more mm -hmm. people posting in forums, like I have a blind character, what would this feel like? Or what would this be like? Or how would sound, you know, like it's... Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think... Writers are so used to just trying to put themselves into their characters that I think sometimes they forget maybe certain topics are better if they actually ask 
Oh, you know, going back to the chronic pain thing, that reaction of I will do anything and everything to solve this pain issue sounds like someone who's only been in chronic, like extreme pain for short periods of time. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you, it's so hard to understand chronic pain if you haven't experienced it. Like you just, it's so hard to imagine being in pain all the time. Like just imagine having the flu and that awfulness you feel and knowing that's never going to go away. It's really weird to wrap your head around if you've, if you've never experienced that because most healthy people always have that horizon of, of happiness and health to look forward to. Like, oh, this isn't forever. This is going to be okay in, you know, a week or whatever. Or the uh, Dr. House trope of we will get a team of brilliant minds together that will solve this. Yes, and we'll solve it in 45 minutes. <laughs> no matter yeah. what. And we will yeah. get this. There's an answer and we will figure it out no matter mm-hmm. what. Yeah. yeah. That's it makes for a great TV show, but it's not super realistic for chronic illness. <laughs> it, it, uh, it leads to very unrealistic expectations. Yeah, for sure. So for your book, how did you, I, I love that you're bringing in things like, because true Ravenclaw, um, things like Harry Potter. I loved, loved your chapter on, um, on the werewolf. So if you could oh, thank you. expand a little bit about, you, know, you pulled in Doctor Who, I, how did you decide to bring like all of um, the favorite fantasy characters into disability? Um, well, so I, I've been writing articles on pop culture like on various websites and stuff for several years now so it's kind of my jam (laughs) it's like writing on pop culture um and so and also I'm a huge nerd so obviously I just think that way so when I started thinking oh you know I I wrote a couple articles on chronic illness and I was like I I have more to say on this topic, I think. And, and also I, I tend to, um, when I write, it's, it's cathartic for me. So I almost like figure things out and figure out how to better deal with things emotionally through writing, but I don't keep a journal or anything. Like I, I, I find it hard to write with no purpose. So I was like, you know, so I almost more wrote this book for myself to like, figure out how to deal with this better emotionally than I had been and it was quite helpful in that way actually for myself. Therapy's um, expensive. Yeah, right. So uh <laughs> it worked for me. Um so and I don't know, it just seemed natural to me to bring pop culture in because that's such a big part of my life. I'm just such a huge geek and um I see these shows and characters and when I see them done well it makes me really excited and happy and and feel a little less isolated maybe like oh that there's there's a hero who has an illness that's really cool like there it's not the show isn't just about their illness and they're not being like an inspiration to others that's not oh, their God. <laughs> inspiration <laughs> porn save yeah. us from inspiration porn <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, um that makes me happy. So I was like, you know, maybe there are other people like me. I feel like I'm a bit of a niche, this chronic illness pop culture uh, person, but maybe there are other people who will also, you know, uh, feel like that's something they can connect with these topics. So I, that's, you know, I wrote the book. What are some of the characters that you think are done well? Um, I talk about 
a lot of them in my book and there were some that I that I had in a list and I just couldn't like fit in um, <sighs> so uh I I list them all at the end of the book in case you like want to go in and be like who's no I totally want to I I yeah. was able to access a few of the chapters from from your website but I will definitely be going into a oh, deep dive sure. is there yeah. any that didn't make it into the book that you wanted to just give a special shout out um so uh are you an anime fan you know in high school <laughs> I was I am I am not anymore my my um teenager is more into and I tried to like okay yeah, yeah, from, yeah. from the side to make sure it's not the anime I was watching as a teenager so <laughs> the first anime I watched I thought anime was stupid as a as a high schooler and I'm like that's dumb that's for kids and then one of my cousins was like no you have to watch this anime called Full Metal Alchemist it's so awesome and I'm like all right I'll watch one episode and then, of course, I couldn't stop watching after the one episode. So it, um, there's a character in there. Her name's Izumi Curtis. And she's just, she calls herself a housewife. That's how, like, she describes herself. But she's, like, this badass alchemist who's really awesome. And every so often, she'll she'll have to stop what she's doing and just throw up blood because she's got, uh, I think she had some of her, like, innards rearranged or something due to a um a accident and so that was the very first character i can remember seeing and being like she's sick and she's awesome like that's so cool so like i had so i did not i don't have a chapter on her in the book but she is one of my favorites um uh, there are some problems with her character, like she's not the best example of chronic illness, but I still really love her. Um, and then uh, I also really loved, um, so, uh, you know, the Thor, the upcoming Thor movie, Jane Foster is becoming Thor. I don't know if you you're aware of this, but this is what's happening. Um, I, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Um, it's based on a comic that I had read where um, she becomes Thor, but she also has cancer. And so I read that comic, and that was another one that I really loved, and I didn't manage to fit into the book. Um, but so she, like, every time she turns into Thor, uh, her cancer's better. But then when she goes back into being Jane, the cancer's back. And um, so she'll like uh, go have her cancer treatments and chemotherapy and everything. But then if she turns into Thor, that chemotherapy is all like undone. So it's, it's, uh, it was really interesting, um, her story. But I love that she's a superhero and she's sick. So it was, that was- It's great. an interesting way to like create that, um that moving forward of her character without falling into expected tropes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was done well. And, and she talks about like, Oh, I could just stay in my Thor form forever and not be sick. And I'm like, well, you should do that. But she's, she's so self-sacrificial and like this, this world needs Jane Foster as well as Thor. Cause she's, she's uh, one of the, uh, what's the word? She's like a representative of Earth and on these councils or whatever Jane Foster is. So her, her job is important. And so like, oh, that's really, I, I don't know if I'd make that choice. If I were you, Jane, I would probably have picked being healthy. But 
Yeah. (laughs) Well, we can go into Doctor Who for a second. I was just Mm -hmm. thinking like where Doctor Who falls in all of this because that's where my brain usually goes to things. Um, Cybermen and Daleks, I find really interesting in the removal of the body and also emotions. So Mm -hmm. it's almost as if you deny all uh, human frailty or quote unquote frailty of uh, mental and physical, uh, what they would consider weakness what that ends up looking like which you know not great snarky but not great you know I often joke about wanting my feelings removed because sometimes it's just so stressful and then my husband reminds me oh but those are what make you you and you need those and like yeah yeah okay (laughs) full Vulcan um (laughs) yeah so yeah you know those I, I like the idea that if we didn't have our emotions, we would kind of become villains. That makes me feel a little bit better about having them, I guess. Have you ever watched The Magicians? Yes. Uh, one season? Two seasons? Oh, God. Okay. Sorry. That's my other, like, oh, my God show. I've watched every episode probably about four oh, times. Oh, yeah? Now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's obsessive. I'm writing a novel right now, and... Um, the character development on this and the way that a group of people work together is kind of like unparalleled in how, how the characters work and the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So I watch it over and over again anytime I need inspiration for something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my go-to. But they have this one scene where they remove all their emotions, like right in the middle of like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember off. that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, that was really interesting. And some of them are like, yeah, this is great. And then a couple of them were like, no, we're going to try and figure out how to do this. Yeah. Like with our emotions intact. I'm like, that's a healthier response. Well, they, I think they kind of like brought it back to like addiction where, yes, you can remove dealing with the issue right now, but you're going to deal with it so much more later when it all yeah. comes back like the feelings are not going to like stay like just as yeah they like you can't just shove them away at some point they yeah, will come up bigger yeah. in the dark has been my experience <laughs> yeah and with chronic illness they just they just sometimes bubble up you just get at some at certain points you just get so exhausted and and don't want it to be going on anymore and yet it will be and you know so yeah, I, I definitely tackle mental illness in my book as well. I talk about both depression and anxiety are things that I've experienced. So there's whole chapters devoted to those. <laughs> I feel like a lot of us nerds and geeks have the anxiety and depression. Like, Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people in general do. No, Maybe it true. is more prevalent in nerds and geeks. I don't know. I feel like we're becoming more accepted and, and cool, I guess. So like it's not like it was back when I was in high school uh, centuries and centuries ago where it was considered like the worst thing you could be called yeah yeah it's actually almost a term of of coolness now yes. if you're a nerd so. <laughs> it, is, it is definitely a different world now yeah. um, you did have a blog post I wanted to chat with you about and uh, it was written on the mighty uh, which I loved and it was um it was about getting rid of how are you Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, that idea came because uh, I'd just been, I'd been at the grocery store and I hear every time, you know, not even the grocery store, every stranger. So how are you? And, and I feel bad about saying I feel terrible right now. And so usually I just say fine or okay. 
or just something dismissive because I know that they don't really want to know how I am. It's just, it's uh, become interchangeable with hello. And uh, that, that kind of annoys me that I feel like I have to lie or, or, or that I, I don't want to go into like how I am with you, stranger. Thank you. I, I, yeah. So it, I just wish we would stop using that as a hello and instead just parcel say hello. <laughs> I like the parcel tongue idea. I'm in for hissing at people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Or uh, some other geek language. <laughs> I mean, Elvish. we can go Elvin. I, that's yeah, a beautiful yeah. language. It's lovely. So yeah. whatever you say will sound lovely. Have you ever done the social experiment and just told them exactly how you were? Uh, I don't think I've ever done that. I'm, I'm, I'm so introverted and may, maybe I don't sound that way because I, I introverted and shy are different things, I guess. So. I've never heard but, that before, but I like it. Yeah. I, I kind of interpret introverted as, um, I, I recharge by myself and being around people is sort of exhausting it doesn't mean i'm shy it just means yeah that's how i that's where i get my energy from kind of so yeah anyway what was i saying <laughs> <laughs> parcel tongue and for how are you I, i've actually tried it before and told people exactly how i was doing yeah I, I like messing with stuff. I get bored mm -hmm. very easily. I, so, I, mutual chaos is probably, yeah. Um, I'm not a mean person, but I get a little frustrated, especially if I have my canes or my wheelchair. And it's like, so how are you today? I'm like, hmm, okay, let's have fun. Yeah. Well, I have a dislocated tibia, dislocated <laughs> wrist, and my jaw's <laughs> popping out. How are you? Oh, man. <laughs> So what was the response to that? Um, honestly, I make friends that way a lot of the time. I'm not mean about it. I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it opens up chatter. And um, usually I get the, once we get past the, oh my fucking God, how do you live like this? Yeah. Um, we get into a good conversation, but that's really cool. I am not terribly introverted. My body makes me an introvert. I sure. like meeting people. Yeah. Which drives everyone in my life insane because everyone in my life is an introvert and are like, can you stop talking to strangers, please? <laughs> Well, maybe I'll have to phrase it differently then. I feel like my bowels are about to explode. I don't know if that one will get See me. what happens. But, um, maybe I'll have to try that. Yeah, but like my guts are a TARDIS and I have an entire universe inside me. Ooh, I like that a lot. Right? I might have to steal that from you. No, more like Cybermen and like, you know, the Daleks warring inside your, your like small mm, intestine. Nice. Man, I should have used that in the book. Too bad. It's already <laughs> so sorry, part two. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> sequel right. so is there anything you wanted to talk about about your book i'm so sorry i'm like i'm very good at being very chaotic <laughs> oh no uh i don't know if there's anything specific do you have any questions about it i have been asking a lot of the questions um a lot of what i found really interesting about your book was um the superhero angle i like i said like superheroes i have not read the comic books but i do love the movies and i, I mm. especially the most recent ones like i loved wonder woman Black Panther was probably my favorite movie. I'm watching that yeah. with, with my so my smallest. I have a small teenager, will, will be teenager, and her watching like the most important smart person in the movie, not being a physical character, but being mm -hmm. a teenage girl who's brilliant, yeah. meant the world to her. And um, 
but yeah, I, it's so neat seeing yourself in the characters. That you know, and that's what drove me nuts when Wonder Woman came out and people were like freaking out about stuff. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Representation really matters. And yeah. um, <laughs> it really, really matters. Maybe and you don't know. notice if you're like a white male because you have all these movies oh, already. Oh, but where's my tea? I need to sip my tea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Whoopi Goldberg talking um, very publicly about how important a horror was to her. That when she was a kid and she saw it on the TV, she screamed for her mom and her aunt, saying, "There's a black woman on TV and she's not yep. a maid." And it's like, do you have any idea how important that is? <laughs> like, and your push for um, disability, like, um, like you, I've been a sick. I was a sick kid. I got very sick when I was eight, and I've been sick my whole life. Um, when you look at the superheroes, they're always moving. And um, that's been really hard. You know, the only person you have is, is um, you know, the X-Men. Um, I'm so sorry. I just watched the movie Professor last Professor X. Thank you. Yeah. Please forgive me, everyone. I, <laughs> I'll be not a true geek if you need to, but I am not on my painkillers yet. No, so my brain is going to be. There's <laughs> no true geek. If you like whatever Doctor Who you're in, you know. <laughs> oh, <thank> you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, I have not had my painkillers yet. So if I actually find the correct name for anyone, it's going to be really impressive. No worries. <laughs> that's like the only person I could like really pull up really fast. That it was like that's someone in a wheelchair who's a superhero. Yeah, but um, it almost like superheroes always action, and we always try to pretend to be them when we're kids. Yeah, it's I understand why writers do that because it's hard to get around a physical disability. Um, when you're writing an action superhero, fantasy or sci-fi, whatever, is usually about going out on adventures. How do you do that with a disabled person? And it's not that it can't be done. It's just that it needs more thought and it's easier to do it with. I thought Iron Man would have been the perfect character for someone who's disabled because the suit mm -hmm. is what moves. So that could be almost like a wheelchair thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That would have worked. But unfortunately, you know, Tony Stark's pretty, pretty fit and able. In I the... mean, yeah, fun to look at too, <laughs> but still, like, there's a whole bunch of suits. Let's put a disabled person in one of those. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the troublesome thing with that is you have to figure out, okay, how do I get this character involved in this adventure, but also not erase their disability? Mm. It's also done a fair bit, like, um, uh, Daredevil is blind. But he's not really blind. <laughs> like <laughs> asterisk. It it never it it never really affects anything. So like, how do you still have your character dealing with the problems of their disability while also participating in this grand adventure? I think is what you need to really wrestle with as a as a writer. Yeah, I. I... I mean, I feel like it shouldn't be that hard because I live a life with disability. So it just, it's, yeah. I think the biggest problem is even in our, our own society is like you go out, you're not going to see a lot of people in wheelchairs because we don't have space created where people can easily. We're not live. very accessible. What? No, I hadn't no. noticed that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I have never been dumped out of my wheelchair because the streets weren't paved properly. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, it does I, make for good YouTube video, though. It, um. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, I talked to uh, one of the people I interviewed in my 
book was paralyzed on half his side and he talked about like the world just not being designed for like only using one hand or whatever like it's just um, like that that makes sense we're like yeah able people just don't think about that and like even I don't think about that because I don't have a physical disability so I have to train my brain to think about these things that it it's been trained not to really just because of the way society is was there anything in the interviews that surprised you Mm. I mean I wasn't surprised by this but just like the resilience and wisdom of all these people that I talked to was really amazing to me like oh and I don't know sometimes I am also surprised when people have just talk about the exact same things that I experienced like oh this anxiety and this exhaustion I'm like yes somebody else understands like even though we don't have the exact same illness you know you're dealing with fibromyalgia and, uh, and you're dealing with lupus and whatever it's we have these there are certain things that just span all disabilities and illnesses it seems um like one of them is exhaustion and another one is just the way that society is not equipped to handle these things yeah and the spiral of hope like i feel Mm. like almost all of this chronic illness to have this deep feelings let's put those feelings with the spiral Mm -hmm. of hope with the newest doctor, the newest treatment, the newest eating plan. Yeah, maybe there's something that will help. Which there, there is on, on the internet, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah some random Google person it. on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or the or the the acquaintance you just met that found out you're ill, and they're like, "Oh, you should try." Oh, <laughs> okay. we need to remove "How are you?" from the lexicon and "Have you tried?" Yeah, and if yeah. you just the, those three sentences. If you, oh man. Um, I've also had like uh, so I I'm a Christian and I have some church circles that I'm in so I've also had like have you just if you just pray more kind of oh theology it's like that that's not how that works you you just hurt me in the kidneys with that one oh (laughs) like they don't say it like that but it's implied you know yeah I have a, a very religious family and there's there's overtones of like or at least um, not necessarily like you'd be cured, but I, there's like the overtones of you might find more comfort if yeah. you, yeah, or this is God's plan has been. Uh, and I mean, I, I do find comfort in faith, but, uh, but not in the fact that, you know, God made this, this happen to me or something and, or, or like, or I made this happen by not being faithful enough. That's a, the, the like the health and wealth gospel type thing that's, so, that's brutal yeah so I, I discussed that a little bit and there's a chapter on faith and there's also a chapter on like other uh religions not just christianity i interviewed a few other people because i was really interested to know how other faiths impact other people's illnesses too what did you find with that i just i'm asking because um i have uh friends who are it's not christian it's um they're into this more new age, like Marion Williams stuff of oh, like, yeah. 
crystals and nuts, like whatever makes you happy and that doesn't hurt someone else, please, blessed be. Yeah. Like whatever gets you through the deep dark, I am all for you. What I just wanted to say about that was um, one of them got very sick, like very sick. Mm. And she was getting all these people talking about it was her negative thoughts. So it was just like, oh dear. It was like the worst of like more traditional ideas, but now packaged differently. <laughs> so the problem with that is it adds guilt on top of all these other crazy emotions that you're experiencing. And it's just not helpful. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, uh, and it's especially not helpful to hear that from people you love, that you just want to understand what you're going through and to support you. And they're basically telling you, oh, it's your fault. You just need to do this. Do you find like fantasy and superheroes is like a way to explain things? Like it's, um, oh gosh, words are bad for me today. Um, Please forgive my brain fog. (laughs) Uh, but like uh star trek was always good at like taking something huge that we didn't want to talk about and then Mm. packaging it as fantasy so we could talk about it Mm -hmm. do you find the same for like superheroes and and fantasy i've never actually i don't know if i've tried to use that to use analogies with people i know who aren't geeks because i don't think they uh sometimes I feel like they they already think nerd and geek culture is like being a heathen or whatever so (laughs) so so I don't try and go there Uh, but a really uh interesting one I I interviewed my friend who's a Muslim and she talked a little bit about um believing some people believing you don't need doctors um if you have God, because, you know, faith healing and everything, all you need to do, like, you just pray, and why would you go to the, would go, why, why would you go to do medicine if, if you really have faith, and I think that's a very dangerous idea. I, I'm right there with you on yeah. that, that's, uh, it seems to me that those two things can still hold hands, faith and science. Uh. I think so, like, I, I, I mean, I I believe in God and and I also think that I can go see a doctor and that God allows science and things to exist for, for a reason. So um, I I I just think it's yeah super dangerous to be like oh there's these resources out there we're just gonna ignore them. It's almost like uh, it's almost like being lazy if that's not a terrible thing to say like. Oh, I'm just going to sit back and let God do all the work. I don't have to do anything, you know? This is probably like, the first time we've discussed religion on the podcast. This is really oh, yeah? fun. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I, was, uh, I was raised multi-religious, so I always just have found it very fascinating. I, I, I'm sometimes very critical and pessimistic of people of, of my own faith because I get so frustrated with the attitudes that are out there. Um, my... Um, I, I I will call her my auntie. Um, two of my aunties uh, are very, 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 very Christian, um, and um, in a way that I find so beautiful because mm. I feel like there's, um, especially uh, we're both in the United States, I believe, right? What's that? Are we both in the United States? Oh, I'm in Canada. Oh, you're in Canada. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was like, you're not that far off of my time clock. And yeah. then I thought, north, <laughs> north. That's right. There's north. Yeah. Um, there seems to be this very um, a more judgmental 
brand of Christianity that I've seen here and they have this incredible ability to love everyone. And I, I just, mm. you know, while I'm not a Christian, I'm more spiritual if mm -hmm. I ever was going to be like, they are the people I'd model myself after. Like they just have this incredible love for everyone's acceptance of everyone. Christianity is what they do, but I feel like that's what Christianity is supposed to be. Like it's, it's supposed to be all about love and acceptance, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself and, yeah. and it's, Taking care of each other, take care of the stranger. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Take care of the person you disagree with or don't like, you know? Like And now we're getting back to Doctor Who. <laughs> yes. Doctor <laughs> Who is very good at doing that. <laughs> Not again, a screwdriver. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So that yeah. is what I like to think of as my own faith. And I just get really frustrated with the judgmental other brand of Christianity. So how do you deal with that with being sick when people are coming at you with, um, if you just prayed harder, if you just believe more? Um, giving, trying to give resources to everyone who's listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if I have good advice for this. Generally, like, I surround... <laughs> you like, don't have to. You could just say, um, don't know. I we mean, the best. My, my, my closest community are not that way. So I say, if you are experiencing that, maybe find people who will accept you. Um, I mean, there will always be there, that kind of people, you know, maybe you have a family member, maybe one of your best friends is that way. But I, I find it extremely helpful to surround myself with a community, a close community of people who understand or try to understand as best they can um i find the i the the people who don't are often either strangers or, or acquaintances or just people who aren't super close to me so it's easier for me to you know run to my husband or best friend and be like this person said this to me can you believe that and then they you know talk me down or whatever so Yay, best friends. Yeah. <laughs> that is wonderful. So the advice is to find um, definitely community where you feel at home. Yeah. Oh, another nice. of my pet peeves of things that people say to me that I hate are has to do with um, having kids. So I had like a whole uh, chapter about this in my book. We can absolutely talk that one, please. <laughs> it's, uh, I have children, but I, I definitely believe in children. I, you know, I, I think if you are disabled and sick and you want children, go for it. If you don't, that's okay too. Um, like, it's a sacrifice I personally don't want to make. I find myself just too exhausted and I just don't... I, I love kids and I have god kids and nieces and nephews who I love, but the idea of like having my own just hasn't I just it just hasn't been something that I want. We'll say yeah, say that. And um I find I get a lot of judgment on that one. Like, oh, but that's like that's the purpose of being married or that's what a woman is supposed to do, you know, that kind of thing. I've um, never understood the idea that ovaries meant you were supposed to parent. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so <laughs> there's, I got really riled up. We, My husband and I were at the bank after, um, pretty shortly after getting married. And we were like making our joint account. 
and the the teller who we never met before was just asking us you know polite questions about our wedding and whatever and then she said oh so kids next kids are next you and i was wanted to keep the money in your bank account so, yeah, no. <laughs> so i i my husband already knows how i feel about this and <laughs> the first time this has happened so i just kind of like sat there a little annoyed looking and he answered he's like uh i can't remember what he said or he said we're we're not having kids i think is what he said and she responded with oh not yet and i was like excuse me like you just assume that that's an okay thing to say like even if it wasn't just a choice like what if we were have we were trying to have kids and having trouble with it like what if I mean this is something you should talk about before you get married but what if we hadn't <laughs> like what if this is not a conversation we want to have with our random bank tell you know this is where chaotic I, neutral would jump in and I would start pretending to have a fight with my husband about this yeah. just, just have fun <laughs> yeah yeah that would be hilarious. that would be hilarious I'm too introverted for that I can't do it <laughs> sorry yeah <laughs> I, I would have an entertaining time with that I would one. I would have liked to see you do that though <laughs> Um, we'll have so, to do a comedy skit someday. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I get annoyed when people just assume that having children is what you're going to do or that you should do it. Um, like, they're, they're, it comes back to uh, the Christian community I have experienced, I think, a little bit is that like um, procreation is kind of what God commands of you kind of thing. And so I've I've had a little bit of about that, like uh, a little flack about that in some of my communities that this is what you're supposed to do. I'm like, well, you know what? I I have kids in my life that I am there for, and I do other things, and I like my job, and I don't really want to be a stay-at-home parent, and my husband doesn't either. So you know, if he did, maybe I would change my mind, but he doesn't really want to. So. But it's just the idea that would null and void anyone who either can't or does not want to. Like, that's yeah, like, what about, ridiculous. I mean, I know I have some issues um, in that physical area, so I might not even be able to have kids. Like, so what about people, I mean, I've never had it uh, looked into that closely because I didn't want kids, so it didn't matter. But um, what about people who can't? Like, does that mean they're somehow lesser than these other people you know it it doesn't make sense to me i i think that's having children does not make you more of a person i've also seen um oh you you never know what true love is until you have your own kids i've seen that that one too it's like well that's a pretty terrible thing to say to someone like to anyone but like what about people who can't and yeah so that's a whole, I'm, I'm very, I'm very passionate about this topic. <laughs> He's passionate about it. I, I yeah. like, I made a choice. Uh, actually, no, let me rephrase that. I did not make a choice. Um, I had an incredible <laughs> surprise, which I'm oh, yeah. very happy about. And mm-hmm. he is, uh, he is wonderful. Um, but as far as uh, decisions, like that should be, you know, <laughs> a friend asked me if they should have kids. Like they were very on the fence about it. They were turning 40 and they know that I actually really, I do love being a mom. I've always mm-hmm. wanted to be a mom. I, I am the person who would absolutely make that choice to have kids. 
Yeah. Uh, she wanted to know why I made that choice. Um, and the only thing I can come up with is, is it's like, I really wanted to raise people that I thought would be good for the world. It was a yeah, present to the planet totally. that I really wanted to give. It was a choice on my part that I wanted to give something yeah. out there of two people who I raised in hopefully a way that makes them better, compassionate. Mm, I think that's, that's wonderful. Like that's the yeah. only reason you can give. You can't like yeah. anything else is kind of, um, I don't know. It strikes me as a little crunchy was I need someone to take care of me when I'm older. It's like, eh, there's a lot of nursing yeah. homes, but that didn't work out. Like I think there are bad reasons to have children that people yeah. don't think about. And we're lucky enough to live in an age of science where we get to make better choices if mm-hmm. we have access. If we have access, it's yeah. amazing to be able to make these decisions that, you know, we can we can choose yeah. things that like my great grandparents could not choose. So <laughs> I'm very glad to to be able to protect my health with only two. Um, yeah. I would not have survived the third. I barely survived the second. So, <laughs> but I'm very glad I have both of them. <laughs> exactly. Like it's, yeah. Um, but it is interesting how people feel like they, they can make these choices for others. Yeah. That's one people seem to be very opinionated about for some reason. Yeah. Um, I wonder why, like, I don't see a lot of opinions about like what I'm going to do for a living. Like, I know. And you, and you don't, see people like criticizing your decision uh, other decision like it doesn't I don't know it didn't make sense to me no like, <laughs> the weird thing is is like I'm just sorry I'm going off on a tangent but like that your body is no longer private it's public yeah and your choices become very public so even whether to have a child or not or if you're pregnant what you're eating becomes a topic of conversation of those around you that you've never met yeah actually one of my friends was uh pregnant recently and uh i asked her because when i was sitting next to her i had this sudden urge to like touch her stomach (laughs) and i was like that's not an okay thing for me to do (laughs) And, and so then like i asked her if she had people doing that like random people and she's like yes all the time like random people will just come up to her and like touch her something she's like that's not okay I'm like that's that that's so weird that I mean I'm her friend I don't think I would have the urge to touch a random stranger's stomach but I think some people do that and it's very strange to me like suddenly when you're pregnant your body isn't just yours anymore it's the community's like it's I don't know it's so weird I Uh, feel like you would understand that like and people with chronic illness understand that because our choices in what we eat what we do what we wear what our jobs are those become public discussions as well yeah um people are very judgmental about <laughs> other people's problems. Maybe it's it's like, oh, I don't have to focus on my own problems if I focus on. I wonder. On I wonder some of it is just like, uh, oh gosh, there was a movie I was watching where, um, oh gosh, Helen Hunt, shoot, brain cells. It was an Oscar Wilde play turned movie, but basically, okay. just like, do you even want to know the answer to the question? He's like, yeah, actually, no. I was just asking. Basically, <laughs> yeah. was the whole gist of it. And I wonder how much of this is just people don't like silence. I certainly don't, obviously. Um, yeah. Like, I wonder how much of this is just like a bless you response. Like you sneeze, someone says bless you. You say hello, someone says how are you. Uh, mm-hmm. They say I'm getting married. They're like, great. When are kids? Like I, I wonder how much. Yeah. Is, I don't even know if we want the response, we're just kind of like condition and we just need to condition to parcel tongue or I think you're right I think better a lot of it is I don't know what to say I'll say this thing that seems like I should say it (laughs) or or like or the first thing that comes to my head or 
some of these things have been socially ingrained in people and so they think it's okay and, and when it's just really not we need to come up with a list of better questions to ask strangers. Like it's like with kids, like we shouldn't ask them like, "What are you going to be anymore?" Like we yeah. should not ask oh, a small yeah. child if they have a boyfriend or girlfriend. That has to end mm. now. Like here now, stop. Like ask them what book they liked or like. I also was- have to like I I say the wrong thing all the time. You know I'm I'm me too. I don't want to come across as like judgmental. Read reviews. I say like, yeah. the wrong thing all the time. Sure. Yeah. Like. I'm I'm definitely not perfect in this regard. Um, I am trying to learn. But one thing that I've been trying to say less is calling kids like cute. Mm. Oh, you know, you're so cute. Look at your what you're wearing, that kind of thing. Because I'm like, that's just training them <laughs> to be noticing appearance, which I don't want to be doing. But it's really hard because that's like the first thing. Oh, it's so cute. You're so cute. Uh-huh. You know. So, like, yeah, you just have to try and think of other things to say, and it's... Seriously. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have a daughter, and, like, learning to not comment on appearances was, like, one of the things I was super committed to, and I do mm-hmm. fall down because she's adorable. I know, right? It's so hard. All, all kids are adorable, so it's hard not and to... And I didn't want to go too far the other way, too. I was raised, like, 1970s as baby X, so my parents never commented on my parents. So I kind of grew uh, up with, like, yeah. like, oh, I must be hideous. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like, you want them to know they're beautiful, for sure, but yeah. part... Yeah. I mean, I, I defaulted on beauty's a tool, you choose how much you want to focus on it. Yeah. But you decide what you want to put your energy into. Your intelligence is an incredibly important tool. Your creativity yeah. is an important tool. Do you want to put a ton of time into the appearance? Because you are lovely. Do you want to put time into that? Or you just want to just let it, like, you're just lovely and you yeah. and your focus into your creativity and your intelligence. Like, yeah. Decide on which yeah, one I is. I love that. She decided think... her creativity is also on painting her face. She loves special effects. Nice. Makeup. That's been her jam lately. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's been really fun. <laughs> I love watching the shows. So <laughs> we are totally obsessed with Face Off. And oh, that's <laughs> funny. That's awesome. I think makeup can be really fun. Like, uh, I have a Canvas. friend who does that. Arts like, and crafts. <laughs> people who cosplay. I'm, I'm so like, oh, I wish I could do that. That's amazing. You know how much I want to Glowforge? Just so I can, like, <laughs> I don't want to cosplay. I just want to create the costumes. Right. No, I, I just want to wear them. <laughs> so you can be <laughs> them together I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Who's your dream cosplay? What would you? Oh man, um, I want to say like maybe um, from Star Wars. There's a uh, oh, what's her name? She's from Star Wars Rebels, and she wears like uh, the Mandalorian armor, but it's all like spray painted bright colors. So I, I want that. that. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm being a bad geek here. I know her name. I just can't. Come we are geeks with with disabilities and chronic illness. The fact that we yeah, can come up with okay. any of the names, like this, is going to become Pictionary very soon, where we start like my or uh, charades, where we start miming like what the <laughs> the yeah. creature is. My oh, husband, Sabine like, Red. I got it. Her name yes. is Sabine. Yes, she's amazing. Anyway, I want to cosplay as her. <laughs> my husband plays um call of cthulhu um on a youtube channel and he's developing a disabled character right now so i was like that's a lot of there's a lot missing from these characters i think if you played a disabled character that would force them to start doing campaigns where you have to rethink ability wise and what oh, yes i should pick a disabled character to cosplay that's true 
wouldn't that be neat? I'm like trying, like, I want to just create like wheelchairs that are cosplay. Like, yes. Yeah. My wheelchair is pretty badass. Mine looks very Professor X. I got this very high tech wheelchair. Nice. Yes, I love it, but I really want to play with it. It's it's already pretty beaten up. So I'm like, it's beaten up already. I can. I yeah, can it's problematic them. that like Professor X is really the only one I can think of though, because you, you have to shave your head, and that's just you need a you need a woman. <laughs> Do you know how much I want to shave this? Okay, so uh, everyone listening, I'm sorry. This is one of our episodes. It's not going to be up on YouTube, um, so you don't get to see. But if you've seen me before, my hair's down to my waist, and it drives me. Oh my- Insane. I hate it's like oh, yeah? full hair. I want to shave this off so bad. <laughs> like, oh, what's happened to you? Um, shaming for my children. I after each kid, I cut my hair to my ears because um, small ones love to yank, and oh, my yeah, son yanked like almost a chunk of hair out of my head when he was a baby. So every kid, I cut my hair to ears. And um, they have uh, stated that I look like a deranged soccer mom with short hair. So um, they've gone so far as to, my daughter brushes my hair because she wants me to keep it long. She's like, I will take care of it if you will keep it long. (laughs) I'm crying out loud. I feel very bullied right now. Oh, that's hilarious. They do brush my hair out for me. It's very nice. But it's, um, I'm uh, ethnically half Jewish uh, with the super tight curly hair. Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, My mom has the super thin, fine, very blonde hair. So I get um, dreadlocks underneath all the time. Like it just oh, wow. all goes yeah, yeah, into yeah. like this sort of like mat. You just here. go all dreadlocks. Just do all dreads. That would not look good on me. I, I, am, <laughs> no. I am not someone who can pull off anything. Like I, I went into my hairdresser. So I was like, how about bangs? And she's like, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, why? She's like, uh-huh. I, I'm looking at you right now. Um, what hair stuff do you own at home? <laughs> Shampoo? (laughs) Conditioner? Does that count? (laughs) It's like, Uh, curling iron? Hair dryer? No? Okay, no, you don't get bangs. Great. I know, I feel feel so awful when I go to my hairdresser because I don't go (laughs) often enough. Okay, so that interview ended way, way earlier, faster than we thought it was going to. Again, recording during COVID and um, Zoom just was not stable enough for us to finish. But I hope you enjoyed the interview. We were basically just discussing hair, so... um, if that interests you, please feel free to send me a message. I will uh, tell you all about how hard it is to get to a hair salon and sit in a salon chair, especially with Eller Stainless and Lena Headback. Um, jaw dislocations are a thing, I promise. All right. Um, have a great week, everyone. Next week will probably be Eva's. And um, please, please take a listen to that. Head over to our show notes. Become a patron if you can and want to. If that is not in your ability, please head on over to um, sharing the episode. That'd be a very kind and generous thing for you to do. This has been an unprecedented world right now. And if you listen to this episode, you probably um, saw a lot of themes. And one of the big things you're probably aware of is compassion. And that we all need to have a lot of compassion for each other right now and to reserve judgments um, as much as possible. So I think that it's never been more appropriate to say be kind be gentle and whenever way works for you be a badass uh take care of yourselves